Welcome to Finest Work Songs. My name is Matt. My name is also Matt. This is Thanksgiving week. We hope you all are not enjoying family, but being safe. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. Or I don't care. Spread it. I don't care. Yeah. We don't leave the studio. So what do we care? No. We'll have Thanksgiving here. Getting it catered. Who's going to cater Thanksgiving? Oh, uh, Boston Market. Ew. (laughs) Do they survive Corona? Surprisingly, I think they did. I drove by one the other day and it appeared to still be open. Boston Market is mysterious to me. I used to really, really, really like Boston Market. It's no longer mysterious to me. (laughs) (laughs) Now I know exactly the type of clientele. I still call it Boston Chicken. Am I the only one? Is that what it was called? That's right. They rebranded at some point. Boston Chicken? Yep. Is that like when um, KFC... No, who is it that dropped? Back when... uh, Burger King brought in like popcorn and stuff. Ew. BK Cafe. Maybe. Taco Bell Cantina. Where they sell booze now. That's right. That's just it. what we needed to give people. <laughs> How else could I get your diarrhea from this food? Yeah. I mean, let me throw a alcoholic slushy on top of my nachos bel grande. Oh, I feel like the only thing they would serve there is like Mad Dog and Zima. <laughs> <laughs> Sign me up. Okay. <laughs> just describe my Friday night. So that, that sultry third voice you hear dear mm-hmm. listener is our guest this week we're, we're glad to have him here i mean he's been called a lot of things the poet of puff town the athens drive angler the boylan avenue banker and also tim you're also known as tim i feel like i'm apollo creed and rocky four right now <laughs> this is awesome <laughs> so yeah really glad to have tim hunter with us today thank you glad to be here very excited It's Thanksgiving week, Tim. We're glad that you're here. Do you have any interesting Thanksgiving dishes that you grew up with? My mother-in-law is a tremendous cook. They live on the eastern shore of Virginia, so they have easy access to fresh seafood. And one of our Thanksgiving traditions there is she makes fried oysters and crab cakes. And they are both delicious to the point where I can't order them in a restaurant because they won't live up to what she Mm -hmm. does. So a little little non-traditional, but you got to figure the... Original Thanksgiving, they were close to the coast too, and probably had some seafood in there that we don't talk about. Like they could catch a turkey back then. (laughs) But fish, yeah. So no turkey, just... Still have the turkey. Oh, okay. That's just in addition. A ton of food. Right, (laughs) exactly. Where do you fall on uh, cranberry? Not a fan. I like that it's not, you know, the canned cranberry or... Just 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 not a fan. No. Yeah, there's there's no other meal of the year that you get it. You don't really see it on restaurant menus. So, yeah, I don't get it. That's true. Listeners, we hope that you enjoy your Thanksgiving this week, whatever it looks like in this crazy year. We hope to provide some tunes for you to listen to. So Some tunage. Yeah, some tunage. <laughs> Bro. <laughs> Tim, what album are we covering today? We are covering Red-Headed Stranger by the one and only Willie Nelson. Cried like a baby. He screamed like a panther in the middle of the night. Matt, is this our first country album that we're reviewing? I do think this is our first true country album. Mm-hmm. I mean, we've done a little bit of Americana and bluegrass, but nothing really true classic country that's until right. this. It's I'm excited like, to be here for this moment. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Thanks for that. breaking the seal. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> I guess. Ugh. Tim, we always like to start with our memories, and I'm really curious to hear yours because, you know, it's interesting for someone to say, I want to choose this country album from 1975 from a prolific artist. This is the mm-hmm. one. What is your memory of 
Willie Nelson's Redheaded Stranger. It came out two years before I was born, so yeah. it wasn't exactly something I listened to as a kid, but I did grow up with this music, and I've always been a big fan of what everybody refers to as outlaw country. So Willie, Waylon, you know, Merle Haggard, Garth. Johnny Cash, Garth Brooks, <laughs> Kenny Chesney. <laughs> Keith Urban, yeah, that's right. Florida Georgia Line. Oh, Jason Aldean. Yeah, you, can, you get the picture. All the greats. But I always have loved that music, and you hear this term outlaw. Yeah. I think all of us associate it with some of those artists, you know, growing long hair, which was against tradition, mm-hmm. and the songs about drinking and partying and girls. And I, the fact is that all that stuff's existed in country music for a long, long time. Mm-hmm. As somebody said, that country music's always been both Saturday night and Sunday morning. Mm-hmm. Yeah, As you get you got the gospel side of it too. When I got into it as an adult and started sort of learning about it. Outlaw was not about any of those things. It was about rejecting the Nashville convention mm-hmm. because at that time, what was popular was not albums. Mm-hmm. It was hits. When's your next hit record? Mm-hmm. And exactly. all the major record labels, yep. I get that right, kind of had the same homogenous sound. There were these brilliant studio musicians on every album. Think about that sound. It's Glenn Campbell. It's Kenny Rogers. Mm -hmm. It's people like that. They made some great music, right? That we all know the words to today, but it was the exact same violin or fiddle Mm -hmm. on every record, playing the same instrument by the same guy. Mm -hmm. So it got to be this homogenous sound through Chet Atkins, who again, everybody loves and is a brilliant musician, but that's what they were going for. And with this album, it really started that movement where Willie Nelson switched record labels from RCA to Columbia, I believe. And one of the stipulations he put in was, I have total creative control Mm -hmm. as he'd been a very successful songwriter and artist for decades in Nashville at this point. So he goes down to Texas and rents a recording studio only brings three or four people with him really eschews that tradition Mm -hmm. and records this very sparse concept album. It's designed to listen to from beginning to end and tells a cohesive story really not using any of that production. Mm-hmm. I read it cost $4,000 wow. to make this album total. At the time, a studio album in Nashville cost about 200000 Okay, for relative wow. comparison. So, wow. and he, Which is like $10 million today. Right, <laughs> right. Yeah, per song for right. Taylor Swift, right? <laughs> but he sends a demo tape up to Columbia, New York. You know, the famous story is they sent it back and saying, we're not interested in the demo. Send it when you've completed it. And him and Waylon Jennings fly up there and say, no, it, it's done. And they argue back and forth and says, it's never going to sell. And mm-hmm. Waylon says, you don't know what you're doing. This guy's brilliant. You know, ultimately he wins because he's got creative control. Yep. And that launched the whole outlaw country music genre from then on, because his album did very, very well, sold like hotcakes, like nobody thought it would. Him and Waylon just moved to Texas, moved away from Nashville. And it paved the way for guys like Jerry Jeff Walker and then Merle Haggard and Buck Owens coming in mm-hmm. from California with a totally different sound. And it just changed country music for a long time. And I think a lot of us enjoy that style of country music, but it all, all started with this album. Did you back your way into this album? Was it that you discovered you liked outlaw country and then found this album or was this album the beginning? Yeah, I think that's fair to say. Mm-hmm. I always liked the music and was familiar with it. A lot of it from greatest hits type stuff mm-hmm. and what my dad listened to, but yeah, backed into it, discovered it. And once you listen to it, you kind of get it. You yeah. understand the story behind it. That's awesome. Matt, what is your memory? Do you have one? I don't know a ton of Willie. You know, I know some of the hits. If you'd asked me before we started really you know, researching this album, I would have said, oh, yeah, Willie Nelson's the, you know, he, he did On the Road Again, and he loves weed. 
And like that's kind of, that's kind of like you know he's recorded a gazillion albums. Beyond that, I mean, I I don't I can't t- say I know a ton about Willie. Didn't know a whole lot about this album before researching this. So. What about you, Matt? What's your what's your memory of Willie Nelson? So Matt, a couple years back, I was working really just a cog in the wheel. Mm-hmm. I was not happy with life. Everything was just very mediocre in my life until on a flight home from a business trip, I met this guy and he was a soap salesman. So then when I get home from my flight, I found out that my apartment thing has been destroyed. There was an explosion. So I end up randomly calling this guy I'd met and met him at a bar. His response to me was that I should punch him in the face. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We went out to the parking lot and he had me hit him and we got into a fight, which is, I know odd, but go with me here. We just started having fights regularly and started getting in fights with not just one another, but other men outside of bars would come and want to fight. And it just became this thing where we would like battle each other. It actually became kind of organized. So like, and it was kind of like a, a fisticuffs guild. Oh, sure. And uh, yeah. so we, <laughs> it started to consume my life. And I found out that these fisticuff guilds were forming all over the country. I ended up quitting my job, blackmailing my boss. I was unhinged mm-hmm. and obsessed with fisticuffs. But things started to get out of control, and I found out that uh, this guy I'd met, my battle buddy, was starting to sow seeds of anarchy throughout the country, and that he was really trying to completely destroy the economy and free people from debt. I tried to stop him. I tried to call the police, Mm -hmm. but I found out that they were a part of the conspiracy. Everyone was in on it, and there was no way I was going to stop it. And so I go to try and stop him, and he pulls a gun on me. Mm. It was then I realized that I was the one with the gun, and I was also the other person. Yeah, right? Whoa. The only way to stop this person is to shoot myself, which would kill him but not me. Makes sense. Makes sense, yeah. Yeah. Before I was trying to kill him, last words I said was, don't be a stranger. Ah. He's like, wait, 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 before you shoot me. (laughs) Speaking of stranger, if you haven't listened to that Willie Nelson album, Redheaded Stranger, it's a classic. I was like, thanks, man. Then I fired the gun. He died. But afterwards, you know, the buildings blew up, the economy collapsed, but I was able to find a a vinyl copy of Redheaded Stranger. And you know what? He was right. (laughs) That relationship wasn't a total bust. You got something out of that with your crazy flip person. It was kind of worth it. Oh, totally. Lifetime supply of soap, I imagine. That's right. My real memory, though, is last week when I first heard this album, because Tim, I knew we were having you on the show. I knew nothing about the album, but the minute it started, I thought, whoa. There's something really unique here. Didn't know any backstory. There's just something really weighty and true about Willie Nelson with a guitar singing about this redheaded stranger. That's in the Library of Congress. So it's significant, but like you said, it's also good and very, very different. Mm -hmm. And established Willie is not just a legit country artist, but an artist. Uh, Let's dive into it. Redheaded Stranger begins with Time of the Preacher. Time of the preacher when the story began of the choice of a lady and the love of a man, how he loved her so dearly. He went out of his mind 
when she left him for someone that she left behind. And he cried like a baby. Screamed like a panther in the middle of the night And he saddled his pony And he went for a ride It was a time of the preacher In the year of one Now the preaching is over And the lesson's begun This is the song that inspired the album. This preacher discovers that his wife is cheating and goes and murders her and the lover. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of what the album is about. Right, Tim? Yeah. <laughs> Willie invented the genre of beautiful melodic murder ballads. <laughs> At this point, he'd had 17 albums? At least. Something yeah. like that. Yeah. So he'd been a successful artist. Tim, as you mentioned, he changed labels. And the key was creative control, mm-hmm. which, you know, it kind of makes you wonder. People like Marvin Gaye, Stevie Wonder's famous for insisting mm-hmm. on creative control. Yeah. You don't get albums like they have produced without that creative control. And yet, record companies aren't interested in giving it out. They're just interested in making money. So it's rare that somebody comes to a place of that creative control where they get to do what they want and then create something brilliant. The record label wants a formula. Yeah. They want predictability. Yeah. And you don't get those those albums. I'm sure there's plenty of misses, too, that we don't talk about. Sure. So That's true. I, I guess not all of them. I mean, you know, well, they gave Garth Brooks creative control and... He came up with Chris Gaines. <laughs> I was hoping that wouldn't come up. <laughs> what would Willie Nelson's Chris Gaines have been? Maybe this is the inspiration. Garth heard Redheaded Stranger and thought, oh, you can do like a concept story album? Okay. I've got an idea. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I've been sitting on this one for years. <laughs> yeah. Instead of the Redheaded Stranger, I'm going to be the Soul Patch Stranger. Emo Soul Patch Stranger. Yeah. Did you ever hear that album? No. Yeah. I, I don't think I could I recognize did, a track. He performed on SNL as Chris Gaines, didn't he? That's right. He did. Yeah. He may have thought, oh, I have the artistic respect. And they're yeah. like, you realize this is a comedy show and we're having you on because this is a joke. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Meanwhile, he thinks he's Bowie doing Ziggy Stardust, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah, nobody looks back at Bowie and says, do you remember when he did Ziggy Stardust? What a joke. Right. But Chris Gaines is such a joke. God. He's got to regret that. He's got to. So right? many hits, such a career. And then when that comes up. Just screeches to a halt. Yeah. There. Well, that probably sets back record labels who would consider giving creative control. Like, see? See what happens? Because when you think about like best albums of all time, I got to think a number of those fit into this mold of these artists had full creative control. That I mean, would be interesting to look at those classic I'm sure albums. they're outliers, yeah. but you know, you think about Marvin Gaye, what's going on? Sgt. Pepper. I mean, you know, DeButt. The butt. Full creative control. Full creative control. The record company wanted it to be called The Butt. The Butt. Famously, they fought hard. For duh. Duh. Next song is I Couldn't Believe It Was True. Last night I came home and I knocked on my door And I called to my love as I oft had before And I knocked and I knocked and no answer there came no kisses to greet me, no voice call my name. And I couldn't believe it was true, oh Lord. I couldn't believe it was true. And my eyes filled with tears, 
And I must have aged ten years And I couldn't believe it was true Forgive, but I cannot forget my heartbreaking loss is another man's gain. Her happiness always, I hope, will remain. <laughs> Full circle. <laughs> that was it. Garth, you can picture Garth. Some little kid in Oklahoma was like, That's what I want to do, Daddy. <laughs> Everything was leading up to Chris Gaines. All of his country hits that he wrote. He's like, Yeah, yeah, get that out of the way so I can finally make this concept album. <laughs> What a jaunty, happy little killing song. Yeah, the fact that the songs are kind of juxtaposed to what's actually happening that he's telling throughout this. Yep. You, know, you would think this would be a slow, drawn-out, sad thing. But no, it's one of the most upbeat songs on the album, and it's where he truly discovers that she has, in fact, right. been unfaithful. Right. So many of these songs are short. They're almost like vignettes. You'd almost picture the song having two or three more verses for the purpose of this album and this narrative. He constructs it perfectly. But it's a beautiful example of creativity where you don't overtell the story too. Yeah. And he, he's yeah. got full control over that where you have to read into some things and infer some things. It's, it's the Gettysburg Address, right? That mm-hmm. Lincoln spoke for two minutes, but the guy before him talked for two and a half hours. Yep. He's known as the guy before Lincoln and yeah. we all know the and Gettysburg Address. Yeah. So. Yep. You can see where the record company would hear this and say, this is a demo. You know, Absolutely. It's not like, oh, those idiots. Now, they had to be convinced by Waylon Jennings. And Willie even says in one interview, Waylon shamed them into releasing it. Yeah. Even this song, you hear it, and there's not a lot of repetition. It's like a minute and a half. It's yeah. almost like he's saying, here's the direction I'm going. What do you think? So they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah keep going in that direction. Yeah, flesh this out a little bit. Yeah. We, like, we like it, but put some meat on it. Nope, it's bones, baby. They're aren't too many singles on this album, right? Some of the songs are good in a standalone basis, but I think he only released two of them. Yeah. Only one of them was a major hit that you still sort of recognize, but how many other songs could you release as a single? That's the idea of the concept album. You're going all in on this album. Yeah. And if you're a record exec, you're like, there, there's no singles on this. What, what am I going to do with it? Feel of this album remains throughout the instrumentation. As you said, it's just a couple people, no post-production adding in other things. It's kind of us in a room, the bassist, said even about one track that it was one take. It reminds me a little bit of the shock that went through sort of the rock and alternative world when Bonnie Vera did his thing, mm-hmm. where he moves to this cabin in Wisconsin, writes and records this really sparse album that then people flip out about. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden he is sought after and he is a respected name because of that change that he made. And now he's collaborating with Taylor Swift. Yeah. And- but that album feels the same way. Mm-hmm. It's not an album of whole different sounds. It's, this guy in the cabin mm-hmm. and, and what he did with it. Mm-hmm. The Billie Eilish album that won all of the mm-hmm. awards that it was like recorded in a bedroom. Yeah. Her and her brother just make some music and yeah. do it how we want. So you always have these people that sort of go against the grain, mm-hmm. maybe take a different spin, but they're not following the path of everything else that mm-hmm. says you got to produce it this way. It's got to sound this way. You're trying to make hits. They're like, no, there's, I have a vision. Mm-hmm. I'm going to put that down. And occasionally it resonates. And occasionally if you're Chris Gaines, it falls flat. <laughs> Again, I'm not well-versed in country, but it seems like the pendulum has definitely swung back to you know, poppy, syrupy, overproduced, formulaic country. Well, the industry's always going to push in that direction. Right. The yeah. only time they'll entertain something like this is there was probably a window after this album where they would entertain 
oh, you want to do something sparse. Well, Get, do, like, because they're trying to just make money. Do you think Willie fed a hunger that people didn't know they had? Or do you think, I mean, I guess my point is like, at what point does it swing back and who initiates that swing? I mean, is it going to take someone else to come up with something that's drastically different than what's going on now and it's a resonate and who's willing to take that kind of I think it's two things I think there can be an element of we want a different sound we're sick of this but I think more than that it's man truth speaks Mm -hmm. this album is undeniable like when you listen to it again I'm not a country fan yeah I like some old country and I can respect it but when I heard this it was shocking to me it's truth so when you lay something down that beautiful and that undeniable I don't care what genre it is it's going to preach. This yeah. preaches. Yeah. But then people got tired of outlaw country at some point. Right. Mm-hmm. You look at, I joke that in the eighties, it switched to in-law country, <laughs> <laughs> country music that you could listen to with your in-laws. So it, it's wholesome stuff. It's Ronnie Millsap. It's Alabama. Even Waylon switches to singing yeah. about sitting on the front porch and drinking tea. You know, the whole thing shifted <laughs> right. completely. It's interesting how those tastes just come and go for whatever reason. Thankfully we did get Elvira. Right. So it wasn't a complete loss. That's right. Elvira was everywhere. Everywhere. <laughs> When we were growing up, is it the same Elvira, the vampire lady from the horror movie show? Is I've always wondered that. I don't oh. think so. How I many Elviras know. can there be? Right. That's... She was the host, right? Or was yeah, it... she would watch horror movies, and they were watching her and wrote the song. Or if she heard the song and thought, "I know, I'm going to start a horror movie show." <laughs> Probably the latter. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's more plausible. That makes sense. Yeah. Elvira is a great name for my alter ego. <laughs> <laughs> so he's established what's going to happen. And this is the song where he comes home. Couldn't believe it was true. I found that she's gone. Mm -hmm. We're not going to cover every song, but the next song is a reprise from time of the preacher. The original time of the preacher ends with now the preaching is over and Mm -hmm. the lessons begun, which is neat because it's like this preacher is about to suffer, you know, and and what's going to happen. But in this reprise, second song, Willie finds out she's gone and has Mm -hmm. cheated on him. Yeah. So he quote unquote, discovers she cheated on mm-hmm. him but she's just not home like, I mean, <laughs> yeah like i mean she could be like at food lion you know whatever you know? right he's cocking his gun loading his gun saddling up the horse and she walks in with groceries hey boo <laughs> hey, hey i got your rice aroni why do you have that gun oh no reason <laughs> uh, just uh, leave a note next time everything's yeah. fine that's yeah, why you always leave a note seems like a little bit of a leap but you know I, i'm assuming that there's a, a pattern perhaps here that maybe he's had some clues or he's piecing together that she hasn't been faithful this well, whole time. That's back to storytelling, right? Yeah. It, it yeah. makes you wonder. It makes you yeah. infer certain things. So the next song, the reprise back to, he no longer says the preaching is over and the lesson's begun. Now that he's found that she's gone, he says, now the lesson is over and the killing's begun. <laughs> killing's begun with this next song. Pew, pew. <laughs> it's got Star Wars going. <laughs> Well, he rode in blue rock, dusty and tired, and he got in a room for the night. And he lay there in silence with too much on his mind, still hoping that he was not right. But he found them that evening at a tavern in town In a quiet little out-of-the-way place And they smiled at each other when he walked through the door 
And they die with their smiles on their faces They died with a smile on their face Don't boss him, don't cross him He's wild in his sorrow He's riding and hiding his pain Don't fight him, don't spite him Just wait till tomorrow Right on again. So <laughs> he rides in there. He got a room for the night, and we found him that. Stop! I'm telling the story now, <laughs> Willie. <laughs> so he goes and gets a room for the night, but he's laying there. He can't sleep, and he's really hoping that he doesn't find her right. and the dude. But he went to a tavern, and I love this. He says, and they smiled at each other when he walked in the place. So they don't see him, but when yeah. he walks in. They're smiling, and he says, and they died with their smiles on their faces. There's no conversation. There's no hesitation. No, that's yeah. right. I mean, it's like guns boom. blazing. There had to be a swinging door in this tavern, too, right? That he just <laughs> exactly. burst through. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yep. What if her lover had been in the bathroom at the outhouse, and it was just a waiter smiling, like, here's your drink. You yeah. know, too bad, bro. <laughs> wrong place, wrong time, pal. Yeah. <laughs> he doesn't tell us how he did it. They go from smiling at each other to smiling as dead people. You assume guns. Well, you assume guns. There's no long, drawn-out description of a gunfight and ducking behind a table. No. Tim, to your point, you've got to like kind of infer and in your mind imagine how it went down. That's the beauty of storytelling like this. Don't boss him. Don't cross him. He's wild in his sorrow. He's riding and hiding his pain. Don't fight him. Don't Don't spite spite him. him. Let's wait till tomorrow. Maybe he'll ride on again. Did he go back to his room (laughs) and stay the night? It's like, don't cross this guy just wait till tomorrow maybe he'll ride on again i know it's a completely different state but you know a lot of that part of the country all mm-hmm. kind of runs together for me i also imagine he's in like the same hotel room that rocky raccoon is in the beatles <laughs> and there's gideon's bible you know on the sure. on the thing and it has that same kind of western murder ballad feel to it so one day he walked into town booked himself a room in the local saloon rocky raccoon Checked into his room Only to find Gideon's Bible Rocky had come Equipped with a gun To shoot off the legs of his rival Stay out of his way. Yeah. If you see him in the lobby at Continental Breakfast the next morning, don't make <laughs> eye contact. Just keep moving. <laughs> Hey, isn't that the guy? Get your yogurt and go. If you have a waffle going, just walk away. <laughs> Let walk him away. have it. Let him have it. So I was traveling for work a couple of years ago, and I forget which chain it was, but they have like the waffle conveyor belt now. Where, oh, where what? It, yeah, it's, it's about three feet long. It's almost like a pizza. It's like, it's like a Costco pizza. pizza. Yeah, exactly. But yeah. for little hotel waffles. And now we know Matt's company does not spare a penny. They send their employees on <laughs> corporate travel. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, was this Trump Casino? Where'd you stay, man? <laughs> what? You get that hotel waffle and it takes up the entire styrofoam plate. Yeah. There's some bacon on top of it. In that situation, you eat unlike any other time. Oh, yeah. When at home yeah. do you make a waffle, right. bacon, cut fresh fruit, Get some cereal. Drink orange juice, coffee, and milk. Cereal. Eat two kinds of cereal. A banana. Yogurt. And <laughs> yeah, I haven't had cinnamon toast crunch in ages. I should eat that. <laughs> yeah, then that you grab good. like an apple and like a granola bar for the road. Right. <laughs> so at this point in the album, Willie's at the Continental Breakfast. Stay out of his way. And uh, they're hoping that he, he rides on peacefully. Yep. We'll see if he does or not with this next song. This is Blue Eyes Crying in the Rain. 
they signed him because he's a great songwriter sure and he's like <laughs> i've got this idea <laughs> yeah it's an album where i don't write any of the songs it's gonna be real sparse yep. about murder here about you go murder yep. my lady yeah yep. he's moved on mm-hmm. from killing his yep. wife and her lover and this is where he mourns it someday when we meet up yonder we'll stroll hand in hand again <laughs> <laughs> is she gonna be into that because i'm yeah. pretty sure she's gonna remember how she died <laughs> hey willie good to see you Oh, water under the bridge. Yeah. I don't think he's in a real stable mental place right now in the <laughs> no, story. I don't think so either. Tim, you mentioned it's been covered countless times. Apparently, this was the last song that Elvis sang at his piano with friends and family before he died. Really? Yeah. Huh. That's really interesting. Old Elvis was not the same. Elvis, man. <laughs> this would have been only, what, a couple of years after this album, right? Yeah. Yeah, so he recorded in the jungle room at Graceland. The last known song that he sang, he was in the rest area of the racquetball court, and he had a piano there. <laughs> Who doesn't? <laughs> right. I mean... A, have a racquetball court, but also that he has a piano. Yeah, and the racquetball. Yeah, just you, in case I'm working out. You never know when inspiration's going to hit you. Yeah. So right after he recorded it, he's like, guys, i got to use the restroom real quick. I'll be right back. <laughs> and he BRB. didn't Yep. Uh, you know who else covered this song? I'm going to play it, see if you can guess. Okay. UB40? How did you know that right away? Yeah, that was a little too quick there, Matt. (laughs) All along, he's pretending he doesn't know who you're going to play. Did UB40 write any of their own songs? Good point. I feel like all I know are their covers. And did UB40 only do songs that Elvis had already covered? (laughs) (laughs) Good grief. You know how many people are in UB40? 39? There's nine. Well, that's Earth, Wind, and Fire territory right right there. Jeez. I cannot believe you knew that was UB40 
in three I, seconds. It was just a guess. <laughs> I, I promise. The next song, we're going to actually jump to the middle of, and this is where he rides into town. His wife's horse is trailing behind, and it's described as the bay. He meets a woman, and uh, she's got her eye on that bay. So Oof. let's see what happens when you end up bossing and crossing the yeah, redheaded don't stranger. Fight. Don't cross it. Don't boss it. He's wild in his sorrow. He's riding and hiding his pain. Don't fight it. Don't spite it. Just wait till tomorrow. Maybe he'll ride off again. A yellow-haired lady came down to the tavern looked up the stranger there he bought her a drink and he gave her some money he just didn't seem to care she followed him out as he saddled his stallion and laughed as she grabbed at the bay he shot her so quick they had no time to warn her she never heard anyone say Don't cross him, don't boss him He's wild in his sorrow He's riding, hiding his pain Don't fight him, don't spite him Just wait till tomorrow Maybe he'll ride on again A yellow-haired lady Was buried at sunset Stranger went free, of course. For you can't hang a man for killing a woman. He's trying to steal your horse. This is the tale of the red-headed stranger. And if he should pass your way, stay out of the path of the raging black stallion and don't lay a hand on. Don't cross him, don't boss him He's wild in his sorrow He's riding, hiding his pain Don't fight him, don't spite him Just wait till tomorrow Maybe he'll ride on again I was listening to a live version of this and when he gets the line about you can't hang a man for killing someone who tries to steal your horse and the crowd just goes nuts like woo <laughs> that's right yeah three murders we're up to three is that a spree killing is that a serial killer what's the definition there where's the line how much time in between the killings has to elapse before it's not considered a spree i think there's rules about this yeah right? he slept on it he had his breakfast this is premeditated, I think, at this point. This one? This one's it's not, not premeditated. not premeditated, but it's still like, this isn't passion-fueled murders. That's their argument in court. Yeah. The horse that you touched. First of all, the law says <laughs> you can't be hanged for killing a woman who right. tries to steal your horse. So sure, that's right. what you know is just... Sound legal. Yeah. But also, if they did try him, the attorney would say, this is not just any horse that she tried to right. take. Right. This is the horse of his dead wife. How does wife die? That's irrelevant. <laughs> irrelevant. <laughs> he hasn't spoken a word yet in this narrative, the character, right? So I don't, who knows what he would say? That's true. He's That's just a right. silent guy who shows up and... He bought her a drink and yeah, gave and her some money. Here's some money. I like that it said no one had time to warn her. Right. To not boss him and cross him and let him eat his waffle, like whatever, <laughs> at the continental <laughs> breakfast. He's got a major problem. He really does. Our story continues with our redheaded stranger hero heading west. The next song is another reprise. It was Time of the Preacher. 
So the first time it's the preaching's over and the lesson's begun. And then the lesson is over and the kiln's, and the kiln's begun. begun. And this, it says, and just when you think it's all over, it's only begun. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so we don't know what he's going to get into next. Side one closes out with just as I am, which we're not going to listen to. But this in some way seems to be his kind of spiritual reckoning. Mm-hmm. I love that if you're listening to the vinyl, as you would be back then, you get to the end of side one and that's the end of the story. And when we turn it over to side two, the story continues. He meets someone in Denver. There are two instrumental songs after that, which appear to be like him dancing. Mm-hmm. That's like a waltz. Yep. They're kind of dancing together, mm-hmm. spending time together. Yep. So after they dance, then we move on to Can I Sleep in Your Arms? Can I sleep in your arms tonight, lady? It's so cold lying here all alone, and I have no hope to hold on you. I assure you I'll do you no wrong Don't know why But the one I love left me Left me lonely and cold and so weak and I need someone's arms to hold me till I'm strong enough to get back on my feet Can I sleep in your arms tonight? I wonder what his Match.com profile looks like at this point to to meet this young lady. Does he put like hobbies? Horseback riding, murder, preaching, (laughs) enjoying continental breakfast. (laughs) She sees it. That's my guy. Yeah. I want to know more about him. Dislikes. Bossing. Crossing, spite, <laughs> unfaithfulness, Carlo unfaithfulness. Fighting. Yeah. So it's a happy ending, right? The guy's found. Yeah, yeah, he's found yeah, another yeah, love. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, good for him. He deserves it. Yeah, he does deserve it, right? He she knows it. nothing yeah. about his past. Yeah, but you know, do you think that he met her? And what are you doing in Denver? Well, business. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> running from the law, just selling widgets. Actually, he's not running. From no, the he's law. not. They're they're cool with it. They're fine <laughs> you know? with it. Yeah. So he's found true love. The last song that we're gonna cover is "Hands on the Wheel." At a time when the world seems to be spinning Hopelessly out of control There's deceivers and believers And old in-betweeners That seem to have no place to go 
Well, it's the same old song. It's right and it's wrong. And living is just something that I do. And with no place to hide, I looked in your eyes and I found myself in you. I looked to the stars right all on the bars and I'm nearly gone up in smoke. Now my hands on the wheel of something that's real and I feel like I'm going home. Yeah, he can go home. No repercussions. That's right. They're like open arms. Yeah. Come on. Hey, home. where you been? We missed you at service. <laughs> <laughs> he preached on Sunday, went on this adventure, and he was back in the pulpit next Sunday. Didn't miss one. <laughs> no. <laughs> so this closes out the story. This is the redemption. He's yeah. found forgiveness. He's forgiven his wife. <laughs> the popular thought is that he's driving along with his grandson. Mm-hmm. So he's an old man. Looking yeah. back, he's really old because... He's not riding a horse anymore. He's got a car. Yeah. He's seen a lot in his life. He's seen a lot. He's done a lot. Imagine those stories with his grandson on his knee. Have I told you the one about... uh... (laughs) This became a number one album. It's in the Library Library of Congress. Congress. Rolling Stone ranked it like in the top 200 albums of 500 albums of all time. Yeah, they don't include much country in that list. No. 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 CMT 10, 15 years ago said it was the best country album ever. The record company executive, looking back, said there's a thousand reasons this shouldn't be a hit. Yeah. He's undeniable. And paved the way for so many people to make so much great music in a different style after that. Yeah, that's right. It emboldens people to push for that creative control. Yeah. Who knows what would not have come out after this. We wouldn't have Chris Gaines. Yeah. That's right. (laughs) Thanks, Willie. (laughs) Okay, so one thing we do here on Finest Work Songs is challenge one another. If you had to remove a song from an album, which one would it be? And so... Willie's not even going to hold a gun to your head. He's just going to shoot you, and you're going to die with a smile on your face Yeah. if you don't pick a song off Redhead to Stranger. So it better be quick, because yeah. <laughs> he's coming in guns blazing. What song would you remove? Is it a weak move to pick one of the instrumentals? Because that's that, what I'm no, going to that, do. That's kind of where you want to go. <laughs> yeah. I, so yeah. the 23-second over-yonder instrumental, I guess the, we could still have an album without oh. it. Even the the instrumentals have a very specific place and it sets up what's going to happen next or what just happened. That's right. This was honestly very hard in an album like this. Mm -hmm. If I had to pick a song, Mm -hmm. true song, this may surprise you, Blue Eyes Crying in the Rain. Mm. Biggest hit, most recognizable song, but I think you could make the story work Mm -hmm. without that if you had to. That's true. I feel crazy saying that because it's probably my favorite song on the album. What about you, Matt? My choice would be Over the Waves. Picture being on an island in Hawaii. And, yeah, yeah. And I think, you know, he's in the geographic center of the United States. Like, what waves are they? It's got that waltz feel. This is probably him and his, his new old lady dancing in the tavern, and it moves the story along. Yeah. How do you take any song off this album? So I'm following the, the same line of thinking as, as y'all, and that I'm going to take an instrumental off. But for me, it would be Bandera. It's the last song. Mm-hmm. And 
I feel like you could end with Hands on the Wheel because yeah. it closes out the story. Yep. And after Denver, I really want those two songs, even though they're not great songs, either of them. But that's where it allows you to see them dancing and paint yeah. that story. Mm-hmm. So sure. there's no win. There's no song you can take off this album. But again, it's fun to try and force our hand. Tim, thanks for being on the show today. Thanks for having me. Enjoyed it. And also just thank you for introducing me to this yeah, album. I don't here. know that it would ever have come to it, but it's classic. It's brilliant. And now I finally get it why people love Willie. Yeah. Yeah. Before it's like oh, country artists on the road again to all yeah. the girls I've loved before. Like whatever. My mom likes him a lot. Okay. That's fine. No, he's not just some country songwriter. He freaking did the redheaded stranger turned the country world upside down, basically started this outlaw country movement. So it's brilliant. As always, you can find us on social media at Finest Work Songs, whether it's Instagram or Twitter or Facebook. It's getting close to the time where we will be doing our Mr. Choice at the pod. So if you've been listening, our closing line has been, this is an election year, so remember to vote Finest Work Songs. But the election's done. And our last guest, Wendy Chambers, despising the first two closing lines, humping around and dropping the deuce, she decided to uh, combine those. And so it's kind of true 2020 fashion. Yeah, that's right. Even our closing line would just be a dumpster fire. And <laughs> disgusting. Yeah. So that's that's what we're going to do. Yeah. So we'll see you next time. And until then, keep humping the, the deuce. deuce. Our theme song is by the incredible band Medium Heat. This track is called Radio. And you should check them out at mediumheat.bandcamp.com. They are on Facebook at Medium Heat Music. <laughs>